I'm pleased to have Ricky Inger from Saratech Corporation with us today. And Ricky is with us today to talk about a new release, uh, upgrade of the accessible event software program, whatever you want to call it. We'll, we'll let Ricky tell us what we're really supposed to call it. <laughs> and, and Ricky, I know you're a part of the executive team because it says so on your email, but what is your exact title? I'm sorry, I don't know. Uh, my exact title is Hat Rack because oh, okay. I wear several different hats. <laughs> One of those. All right. Yes. <laughs> well, welcome to Main Menu. Glad to have you with us and uh, uh, tell us all about Accessible Event. And, and after you get through with that, I know you guys just announced something new yesterday that I'm going to ask you real quick about too, but we'll talk about Accessible Event first. And uh, what is Accessible Event? Accessible Event is, um, the, the short answer is Accessible Event is a meeting platform. So everybody has probably heard of things like WebEx or Adobe Connect. And these are ways that people can conduct meetings virtually because a lot of times now the people that you want to meet with or the people that you want to present to aren't necessarily going to be in the same room with you. So there needs to be a way to bring all of these people together in a room virtually, not just to talk to them, but to be able to show content as well. Because a lot of times you're looking at things like maybe you want to show off your newly designed web page or maybe you're in a corporate meeting and there are some uh, financial things in a spreadsheet that need to be discussed in a meeting. Or maybe you're doing a computer users group and you want to present to them something in a PowerPoint that talks about, uh, I don't know, developing an iOS app, for example. So the sky is the limit in terms of what you can use a meeting platform for. Accessible Event was created initially in 2009, and uh, we've just released a major update for it. It was created to make this meeting process accessible. So we needed a way to either bring everybody together in the same room on a single platform, or uh, we needed a way to bridge the gap between the people who were using something inaccessible, like WebEx, and their corporation had adopted this platform, but the blind person was left out or the deafblind person was left out because there was no captioning. Now what do you do? Accessible event can run alongside those platforms as well. So that's, um, in a nutshell, what it is. Okay. And um, I'm going to ask you while I'm thinking about it, um, if if you're working, say, with a deafblind person, and I understand you can have somebody there actually to do the captioning for the meeting also, I believe. That is correct. So you can have a captioner who comes in and either types directly into a web interface. So it's just a very simple, there's an edit box there. You okay. type in your stuff and it streams across the bottom. Or they can go through a third party vendor that does some pretty formatting and interfaces with the, the captioning software a oh, little okay. better. And right. we recommend a, a group called StreamText. And so for the deafblind person, um, it's not ideal per se because you can only read one line on a Braille display at a time. So you're either paying attention to the document that's being displayed or you're reading the captions that are going across the bottom of the screen. But you can kind of flip back and forth. And the good thing is that if the presenter chooses to archive the event, those captions come along with the archive. So an attendee can go back and say, you know, I was paying attention to the captions, but I really didn't see the content. I'm going to go back and look at that. Okay. All right. Um, So let's say I am going to have a staff meeting and I have, let's say, a couple of people that uh, could really get some benefit from accessible event. How would I, as a manager, or um, how, how would I how would I go about that? Would, would they have to join uh, accessible event, uh, or uh, do I have to have the company join accessible event? How, how does that all work? So the way that it works is your organization can uh, create an accessible event account. So what will happen is that your organization can create an account on 
onaccessibleevent.com and you can purchase access to Accessible Event on a day pass level where you just want to purchase something each time you're doing a meeting. You can do this monthly, which means now you have the option for several more meetings within a month rather than having to pay for one each day or each two days or however often you're conducting an event. And you can also do this yearly. Once your organization or you as an individual are a part of Accessible Event, you'll be able to click the add an event link on accessibleevent.com. And here's where you set up your event. Um, you'll enter information about it, like what is the event called? Uh, what are we going to talk about during the, the event? That sort of thing. Do I want to archive the event? Do I want captioning? And so on. Once this event is created, you as the manager can add other presenters to the event. So if you want to bring in the junior VP to talk about something during the event, you can just add that person. Now, they don't have to pay for accessible event in the same way that you do. If you're the main presenter and you invite somebody else, then if they don't have an accessible event account, they'll just get an email saying, here, we've created one for you. Here are your credentials. Here's what you need to join this event. So that's how things go from a presenter's perspective. For an attendee, it's a lot easier. Um, they just need a nine-digit meeting code to enter. And you can do this from a Mac, a PC, or an iDevice, like your iPod or iPad or whatever. You type in this nine-digit event code that uh, the presenter sends out to you in an email or however they want to distribute that. And then you're a part of the event. And you'll start seeing this content as well as the audio and video if that's been enabled right in your browser. Okay. So um, then what if what, what if I'm a smaller group? Say I wanted to have a meeting with um, uh, a, a group of people that I'm uh, a member of or president of this small group um, and we meet, say, once a quarter. You can't, can't, is it something that do I have to pay for maybe a year at a time or is it could I say, oh, I have uh, this is a group of nine people and we, we get together once a quarter or we're not even sure or we, you know, this is something we decide maybe two weeks ahead of time when we're going to meet. Luckily, there is a way that you can do this on an as-needed basis. So if you have a meeting once a quarter or if you just randomly decide, hey, we need to meet today, you can purchase an accessible event day pass. So let's take your example of deciding a couple of weeks ahead of time that you want to do this. You can go ahead and purchase the day pass and do everything behind the scenes, like setting up the event and that sort of thing. You can get that all out of the way and the day pass, your, your clock doesn't start ticking until you've actually begun the event. And once you've done that, then you have 24 hours of events that uh, that you can do before your day pass runs out. There are two different levels of accessible event uh, subscriptions or day passes. One of them is corporate. And so if you're using this in a corporate setting and uh, you're going to have 25 people, 50 people, whatever, then you're certainly going to want to use the corporate option. If you're doing this as, say, a consumer-based organization, that kind of thing, and maybe you only have uh, six people, 10 people, then you would want to use the personal day pass or the personal subscription option. So just to break it down quickly, for up to 10 people, you can use the personal subscription. And then if you have more than that, you'll be using the corporate subscription or day pass. Okay. So the personal is like we're up to... Up to 10. 10 people. Okay. All right. And yeah, corporate is uh, 25, up to 25. And then if you have more than 25, you'll just pay an uh, additional $10 per group of 25 attendees. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so then, uh, and those are, are on uh, a per uh, per month? You can do a per incident basis per incident. Okay. Uh, for a day pass, or you can purchase a monthly or yearly subscription. Okay. So you just take a look at how many meetings am I going to have and determine what's going to be the most economical for you. Okay. Okay. If we're in a meeting, let's say, and uh, somebody has a PowerPoint, uh, can, uh, can I, as a blind person, see what's on that PowerPoint, or do I still need somebody to... Uh, there to a reader or whatever to tell me what 
what's going on on the PowerPoint or how does right. that work? So gone are the days of somebody sending you a document before or after the meeting that you then have to take more of your time to review rather than being able to take all of that in during the meeting itself. Mm-hmm. You can display a PowerPoint presentation and it shows up completely accessibly in the browser. And I should point out that this is screen reader agnostic. We we don't care what you're using. Is it Zoom text? Is it system access? JAWS? Whatever. We don't care. As long as it can read a web browser and uh, any screen reader worth its salt can do that, then you're in good shape. So PowerPoint, Excel, Microsoft Word documents, and web pages can be displayed. And just a quick note about web pages. You can not only display something like Google, which is uh, anybody can access that page, but what happens when you're a corporate entity and you need to do training on your brand new web-based intranet where uh, you may look up trouble tickets and that kind of thing. And all of this is HTML based, but obviously it requires some sort of login. So it's secure. We can display those types of web pages as well. So it's it's up to the presenter to decide which of these things it's okay to display to their attendees. But it does make it very convenient if you do, again, need to do some sort of training that requires looking at a secure web page. You can do that. Okay. Now, um, with some of the things that it sounds like you have done in this upgrade, uh, and maybe you want to talk a little bit about specifically what are the new things that got added, but um, and maybe that's the best way to go first. Why don't you tell us what the new things are that have been added that you didn't have before? Absolutely. And, and then I can throw a couple of, uh, of questions at you and see if I can trick you up. <laughs> oh, good. I'll look forward to that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so one thing that we didn't have at all before was support for a presenter to conduct an event from the Mac platform or the iOS platform. And to differing degrees, we now have that for both platforms. So on the Mac, you can stream audio, you can stream your video, and you can upload documents ahead of time. So uh, those can be displayed during the event with just a previous and a next button. So you get all of your presentation organization out of the way first if you want, and then you can display that content. On iOS, you're not going to be able to stream your audio or video, but you can manage your documents. So you can upload documents to the server, and then when the event is being conducted, you can say, okay, we need to show this document next. You choose the next button, and it goes. Another really important thing that we've added is support for multiple presenters, and each of these presenters can have different roles. In the first iteration, we had a single presenter, or if you wanted to pipe somebody else's audio through, you could do that. But there wasn't a way to have a couple of people join from different locations and perhaps even do different things. Let's say one person only wants to stream their audio. Then you have somebody doing American Sign Language. They don't want to stream their audio, but they do want to make their video visible so they can be there as a second presenter doing that. Then you've got somebody who can uh, be in charge of displaying their documents and taking questions from the audience, that sort of thing. So you can have one person doing everything, or you can be a little more finely controlled about it and assign these roles to people. The last thing I want to talk about, and this is by no means, um, I haven't shared everything that is available on the new platform. There will be some surprises when you go and check it out yourself. But Uh the last thing I want to talk about is uh, the text chat feature. So there are times when a presenter is talking about something and he's sparking all sorts of ideas. And, you know, the the, the attendees want to be able to debate amongst themselves. Oh, I totally don't agree with what he just said. Or yes, that's an excellent idea. And here's how we can move forward with it. Attendees can do this with live text chat and presenters can monitor this. They can look at it if they want and uh, contribute themselves. And this can cause pandemonium. Of course, people can talk about what they're having for dinner rather than paying attention to the meeting. But what I've seen more often than anything is people really expanding on the topic that the presenters are talking about. And so it really becomes an interactive experience rather than people sitting there and, and falling asleep during a meeting. Do you, people really do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> of course, we never have done that. Right? Oh no, not at all. Uh, okay, so so the chat then is, is not necessarily. Am I understanding this right? Maybe between two participants, I mean, it may not be between the participant and the presenter. Right. That, so it's it's okay. visible to everyone, and okay. if people want to participate, they can do that. If they don't, they don't have to. And there's even a facility for private chat. So you see somebody that you want to send a private message to, you can do that. And luckily, they can just as easily reject it if they want to. No, I don't. Oh, want okay. To talk right now. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That, that. And because it was it was sounding like hmm, I can talk to whoever, and the primary presenter may not even know what's going on. <laughs> oh yeah. No, they'll they'll know if they uh, okay. look at text chat. So okay. uh, it'll be like the teacher turning around and seeing everybody's passing notes. Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> no, there'll be no more te- cheating on the spelling test. That's right. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, on the I'm not sure I can exactly understand what you were talking about on the iOS part. Now, uh, the streaming audio, or you're you're not talking about if the person was actually doing the presentation from the iOS device. I suppose they can talk, and that would be heard, but it would be no. Other. Um, so on on the Mac, a person can do a presentation, and they'll be able to be heard and seen and all of that stuff. Oh, if they're okay. doing it from iOS, they can text chat, but they won't be able to speak so that people can hear them. So oh, okay. usually from the iOS device, what you have is somebody who is assigned a role of, say, managing documents or managing polls for the audience. You know, do you want to take a nap? Yes, no. The, the person from the <laughs> iOS device can display that, but their audio can't be heard. Okay. Well, that's what I thought I was understanding, but I, that's why I asked because I wasn't sure I was understanding correctly. So what I was thinking you were saying was what you were saying. Um, so in some ways, it's sort of like, like you say, you can't do the chat, but the other thing you could be is sort of the person that sits over in the corner and runs the slides or whatever. Yes, you're the equivalent uh, okay. of the uh, person who says, okay, i got to put this up on the projector or, um, okay. you know, that kind of thing. Or the person that is doing the next screen, please. Yes. <laughs> yep, you got it. Okay. All right. Um, and now, if a person is doing a presentation from the Mac, are they able to use, um, like, pages or numbers or keynotes? Those um... No. So, uh, on Windows, you can present in one of two ways. You can actually bring up the application that your document is in. So, you can mm-hmm. launch Microsoft Word and Accessible Event automatically picks that up. Or okay. you can upload things ahead of time. And if you're uploading things ahead of time, either on Windows or on Mac, um, you can upload RTF instead of doc. So that's a native format on uh, the Mac. And you can upload a doc, but not DOCX, uh, or an RTF. And you can also say, I want to display this particular web page. So you enter the URL rather than bringing up Safari and displaying it from the native application. Okay. Okay. Um, so then basically you upload those ahead of time. And then I guess you can number them or... Yes, there's a way in the interface where once you've uploaded them and then you look and say, well, I didn't really upload them in the order that I want them. There is a list box that will display in Safari or uh, whatever browser you're Mm -hmm. using on on Windows. And you can say, I want to move this one up. I'm going to move this one down. And once you've got that list box organized the way you want, then you're good to go. And you can, even if you want, go in during the presentation and rearrange those things. Okay. Um, Now, we've said that we're doing this through through a browser. Um, if I'm using Windows or using a Mac, is there any particular browsers that I have to use or are there browsers I can't use? And the one reason I ask that is I've been seeing a lot of messages lately and I've been asking questions about, from a couple of people at my work who uh, know a whole lot more about Apple than I do. And they're telling me, you know, I, yeah, I've changed Chrome because I like it better than Safari. Um, 
So, you know, if a person... Yeah, luckily, luckily it doesn't matter. Okay. We, we have tested uh, most thoroughly with Internet Explorer on Windows and Safari on Mac. But with that said, we tried to be very standard about how we went about this. So we wanted to be just the same way with browsers as we were with screen readers. We mm-hmm. shouldn't have to care what it is that you're using. It should work across the board. And generally it does. Um, with Windows and Mac, there are a couple of differences. For Windows, uh, if you're presenting, then you're doing everything from the browser. But at one point, as you're preparing your session, you have to run a small executable, which is called the accessible event host. Right. And it just stays in the background monitoring for your content and streaming your audio and such. Mm-hmm. On the Mac, the same thing is true, but the app is um, should be available in the App Store any second now, but uh, we're still pending approval. But it serves the same purpose. You open your accessible event host app on the Mac and you see a list of events that you have either created or that you've been invited to. And you can choose to open one of those events or you can say, I want to create a new event. And at that point, everything then becomes browser-based. Okay. And so it doesn't make a whole lot of difference uh, on the Windows or the Mac platform with browser you are using. Correct. Okay, good. Um, and would, um, to do the kinds of things we were talking about a while ago on iOS, is there an app you need for that also, or do you just do that through Safari? Nope, all of that is handled directly through Safari. Okay, all right. So so the only time you would be talking about needing an app in the Apple world would be if you were on the Mac. Yes. Okay. And um, tell me about some of the, I know, because I know in some places and some um, job situations and so forth, uh, they are using things like WebEx or they're using, uh, oh, all kinds of different ones. Um, or do those, uh, do most of them work now? Or how, does, how do we know which ones work and which ones don't? The best way to tell that is it has to do with how the presenter on the alternate platform is displaying their applications. So as a very simplistic explanation, what Accessible Event is doing is it's looking for content to be displayed. So it's looking for this person to bring up Microsoft Word or Internet Explorer or whatever. So the person, the presenter, will need to run the accessible event host. They'll need to go through creating the event and running the host in addition to this other platform. And let's just use uh, Adobe Connect as an example. So they're running Adobe Connect and they're running this accessible event host. Now comes the important part. Each of these meeting platforms usually has a couple of ways that they present content. One is everything is managed within, say, the Adobe Connect window using pods and things like that. So you never leave this Adobe Connect window. You say, "Um, here's... Here's my PowerPoint that I want to share using this pod. In that instance, accessible event is not going to work because all it sees is the presenter has an Adobe Connect window open. Hmm, oh, nothing there. Okay. But if the presenter chooses to use the screen sharing option within their meeting platform, so I'm sharing whatever is displayed on my screen with all of my attendees. Now the presenter is just accustomed to I'm bringing up my PowerPoint uh, and everybody can see it. Now accessible event sees, hey, look, there's PowerPoint. Oh, okay. I know that content. I'll display oh, okay. it. All right. Now, okay. So, um, let's say. Well, uh, I think you. What are the What are the different ones you you said? Adobe Connect and WebEx. Adobe I know. Connect, uh, WebEx, Microsoft Live Meeting. There are a few others like Illuminate uh, that that have this facility. Unfortunately, all of those platforms are inherently inaccessible. Whether you're trying mm-hmm. to present on the platform or whether you're trying to at- attend a meeting, you know, on right. that platform. So right. that's a very accessible event where we kind of say, Hey, we, we still want to attend. There's got to be some way to do 
this. Mm-hmm. And I believe GoToMeeting, that was one yes, of them too, I believe. Yes, GoToMeeting is yeah. one of them as well. Okay. And so with accessible event tied in with these, then you could be a presenter or a participant. Is that what you're... If you're going to be a presenter, in that case, um, you're looking at something completely different because um, you're going to be, you're, you're going to want to be on a single platform. And the reason is that you could present on both accessible event and say Adobe Connect if you could manage that interface in the alternate meeting platform. And generally that's not the case. Okay. All right. Okay. So being an attendee would be, would be fine, but yes. uh, being a presenter might... As a presenter, you're going to have to send yeah. your accessible event info out to everyone. And okay. the good thing is that's okay because while we have designed this from a blindness perspective, we recognize that the world isn't just populated with blind people. There really? are people. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That is this amazing. may come as a shock to some of you, but it happens to be true. And we wanted to make sure that people who did have some sight were still not going to fall asleep during the meeting because there weren't enough visual effects there. So if you design a PowerPoint um, and it has graphics, those are going to show up to the people who have sight in your audience. And we do support video. So if somebody wants to look at your face during the meeting and uh, all that kind of thing, they can do that. Okay. So um, if I'm understanding correctly, then when, let's say you're doing a presentation and you put a, a Excel worksheet up there and spreadsheet up there and, and you're going through the budget and you say, okay, now we, we're going to look at this department and you and you start showing things in that department on the spreadsheet. Um, am I actually able to see the numbers and so forth? Yes. Uh, okay. So it looks like it's presented just like a table on any other web page. So you'll want to be familiar with your table navigation commands mm-hmm. in your screen reader. Okay. Now, I should point out that as the presenter moves through the document, you're not going to move with them. It's up to you to navigate the content. And there's a good reason for that. As the presenter is moving around, you may not have heard what they said previously, or as they scroll down, your screen reader is going to start chattering at you as the presenter moves around the spreadsheet. And that's probably more distracting than educational. Mm -hmm. So we say, here you go. Here's the document. Now you move through it at your own pace. And you can use a screen find command if they say, let's look at the department of column. You can just search for that word and you can be right there where the presenter is. Oh, okay. All right. So you can basically search the whole screen or the whole document. Yes. Okay. All right. So as I said, well, you know, uh, your department is uh, is up next and we want to look at this uh, minus figure down here on <laughs> line so-and-so. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you can decide whether you want to find it or not. You can indeed. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds like a, like a winner. <laughs> oh, for sure. Good time for everyone. <laughs> well, I didn't see anything. <laughs> yes. It, you can't blame the technology anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the, the um, it sounds like to me you, you, you come up with some pretty neat things. And I know you and I worked with someone with Accessible Event here um, maybe a little over a year ago. And, we did. And um, it sounds like to me you've incorporated some more of the presentation uh, uh, software. And yes. also made some more platforms available. Yeah, and, there, was, there was a lot uh, in this new update that came from suggestions out in the field. And that's how it should be because mm-hmm. we can design a platform that fits well for what Saratech needs. But strangely enough, we aren't the only people in the world either. And there are other people with different scenarios. And it really took having people use the meeting platform and say, you know, this is great, but I have this need that the platform doesn't currently fill. And we okay. say, oh, okay, great idea. Let's let's go implement that. Okay. Yeah, it's it's looking really good. It's looking really good. Um, I think I pretty got much got my questions answered. Were there any other things about the, the new uh, uh, version that you wanted to cover here that we haven't covered? I would like to talk about how to 
actually obtain Accessible Event, uh, you can go to AccessibleEvent.com and you'll see a couple of things there, including a sign-up link. So that's what you'll do in order to get the program. There's also a 20-minute tour of the product on AccessibleEvent.com. And unfortunately, it's me droning on for 20 minutes about the product. But uh, the exciting part is that it is an Accessible Event presentation on Accessible Event. So you're essentially seeing the interface um, just as you would any other content attending an Accessible Event meeting. So you'll get to see what it looks like to be a part of an Accessible Event. Oh, with that's great. Tour. Yeah, yeah, that's really great. That's really great. Uh, okay. I did have another question I just have to think of. Yes. I believe some of your um, things that you podcast. Talk podcast right, right. Uh, that, that you can actually get that uh, through Accessible Event, I believe, or it used to be that way. Yeah. So there is one show that we've done with Accessible Event, and it's called Sarah Spectives. Right. It generally airs um, every other week, and there are times when it may air once a month. So you'll want to watch our Twitter feed and things like that to be notified of when these things are happening. Uh, you can look at the Cero Talk, S-E-R-O-T-A-L-K, Twitter feed. But this is a live event and it's really great because we've got guests coming in from all over the place and as many people as want to can come in and attend the meeting. They can chat amongst themselves with uh, with text chat. And after the presentation is over, the guests will come over to the System Access Mobile Network or SAMnet voice chat rooms. And uh, so those who are SAMnet members can go into voice chat and talk with the guests after the presentation is over and ask additional questions. And it's pretty lively. We've been known to stay up <laughs> later than we should oh, doing that. Okay. But um, now, would you have to have a membership with, with an accessible event to go to the, these Not things? at all. Okay. Not at all. Okay. So you, as long as you see what the nine-digit event code is, then you just come right in in your browser, either by typing that event code into your browser or by following the link, which is usually accessibleevent.com slash nine-digit code. And okay. You're right in. We will, um, whenever presentations like this happen, if you have an Android or an iOS device, you'll want to get the iBlink radio app. Right. And that that contains community radio, such as ACB radio and um, the legend and all these sorts of things, as well as the things that, that Sarah Tech does. And one of those is this Sarah Spectives event. And it'll send you a push notification before the event starts saying, here's what we're talking about. Here's our topic. And all you got to do is click this and you'll be in the event. Okay. All right. And I've gotten those announcements and didn't realize that you could click on it and do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shows you how alert and attentive <laughs> I am to notice this, doesn't it? <laughs> well, if it happens, you may as well admit it, right? Got it. <laughs> so, um, well, I want to thank you for coming and talking about Accessible Event with us. And uh, I am really impressed with uh, what is done already in the past. And it looks like you've got some really neat new stuff and that will fit in for a whole lot of people. And uh, I am sure uh, that pe people may have some other questions and uh, so you can you give us some contact information uh, other than the web page let's say they went to the web page and they still have some some questions absolutely so the best way to uh, to contact us is there there is a team it's not just me uh, send an email to info at accessible event and that's all one word um, yeah A-C-C-E-S-S-I-B-L-E-E-V-E-N-T dot com and uh, you can send a message there or you can actually pick up the phone and give us a shout and that number is six one two two four six four eight one eight and if you want to talk about accessible event choose the enterprise department okay all 
right. Well, thank you. And before I let you go away, yesterday there was an announcement uh, came out from Sarah Tech, and I'm guessing you probably at least know a little bit about it. <laughs> uh, they may not have told you everything, but I bet you they told you enough. You could at least uh, yeah, they, they wing your way through a little. In my ear, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, about uh, new ways to get uh, DocuScan Plus. That's right. We sent out an announcement on Valentine's Day, and people were surprised to discover that Sarah Tech loved them, and we do. Uh, it was kind of a happy Valentine's Day thing, but uh, that we we announced it on Valentine's Day, but it's available forever now. If you want DocuScan Plus, which is a way to scan printed text or PDFs, and you want that either on Windows or Mac, uh, DocuScan Plus is the program for you. The issue is that a lot of people, even though $2.99 is a reasonable price tag, people were having a hard time paying this all in one big chunk. So we said, okay, you know what? Uh, let's do something about that. Now you can pay this off in three or six installments. Um, there is a $10 convenience fee each month um, if you want to do that. So it's going to cost you a little bit more to pay monthly than it is outright, just as it would if you were putting this on a credit card or doing rent to own, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's pretty reasonable. So you could do it in uh, in three months for $99, or you can do uh, six months for $49. And again, your your convenience fee of 10 bucks each month. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that certainly would make it a lot easier than uh, having to come up with 300 all at one time. Uh, yeah, it's hard to, sometimes not that much money falls uh, into the couch cushions and you just... <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes you don't have that many quarters to put in the uh, in the in, in the old jar on the sink or whatever. That's right. either. Yes. <laughs> now, can a person? Could a person? And, and you know, I, and I'll be fair and say you may or may not know this. <clears throat> could a person, if they wanted to, could they include, say, uh, purchasing a scanner or the um, like the hover cam with that, or is it just the software? Uh, it is just the software that's available okay. for the installment plan. Uh, but okay. if you wanted a hover cam, you'd have to say you'd have to pay for that all upfront. So you might say, well, I really want my scanner now and I can I can pay the hundred bucks for that mm-hmm. or, you know, for the hover cam, but mm-hmm. the rest can be done in installments. Okay. Okay. Well, I wanted to make sure that we that people understood that it was just for the software because I was pretty sure that was the case. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you again for coming and being on Main Menu and, and talking to us about an accessible event and answering a few questions about that and also about the uh, uh, about the, the things that just happened with DocuScan Plus. Well, thanks a lot for inviting me. It's always mm-hmm. a pleasure. And we, it's always a pleasure to have you on and we'll look forward to having you back in here for too long and talking about something else new that's right <laughs> okay braille note apex bt creating a document i'm in the main menu i'm going to arrow down with the thumb key word processor, word processor. push enter This does use a word processor based on Microsoft Word, but you can also edit text files and other files with this editor. And I can arrow down the menu. That's what we want to do, so we push enter. enter I use the SD card. None. T-E-S-T. And I'm going to push enter. Let's say that we want to do that, so I'm going to type Y for yes. I leave it at paragraph and leave that. Extended character set currently ASCII. Extended ASCII character option currently retained. Now I like to set this to something else, but for the purpose of this review, let's leave it. End of list. And I'm going to push exit to exit this list, which is space plus E. Exit. Top of document. And we're in the document. I'm going to type T E T F L E 
and let's put the cursor router before the T and type a letter S. And then we're going to move to the FLE, put the cursor router above the L and type I. And we can move with block commands. I'm going to show you that real quick. I am going to move to the F of file and push a space B. Designate that as the beginning of the block. Append block to clipboard. Copy block to delete block. Insert file. Move block to clipboard. Paste clipboard. Read block. Store block. Top marker insertion. That's what we want. Push enter. Top of block. File. Okay, and then I'm going to move just past the letter E in file with the router button. And again, push space plus B. Block command menu. And quickly move down to end. Read store block. Top marker. Push enter. And let's say we want to delete. Let's delete that. And push Y. And now we have the word test, and that's all we've got. That's all I'm going to have time to show you in this demo. So let's get out of here by pushing space plus E to exit. And that's how we get out. To get to the main menu, push backspace. And there we are. Hello, Main Menu listeners. I'm Chase Crispin, welcoming you to the first part of the Battle of the Note Takers, where I'm demonstrating the Icon from Level Star and the Braille Plus from APH. Before I get started, I would just like to say that these products are now discontinued. They're still very popular. Lots of them are being sold, so you can pretty easily find one used. Also, for students like myself, you can get a Braille Plus mobile manager from APH on quota funds, so your school should be able to get you a Braille Plus for free. So there is a good chance you'll end up with the Braille Plus, even though it's not being sold by APH. So that's the reason we are demonstrating this on Main Menu. As we've been doing so far today here on Main Menu with the Battle of the Note Takers, we are demonstrating the word processor on various note takers. So I'm going to be showing you the word processor on the icon in the Braille Plus. I'm going to go to the Tools menu by pressing 5 from the Main Applications menu. One word processor. And open the word processor. Untitled. And here, Untitled. And we are in an Untitled blank document. I'm using a Braille Plus, so by default, grade 2 input is selected. If you're using an icon or a QWERTY keyboard or anything like that, you would have to use computer Braille, which would just basically be plain text. So if I start typing in grade 2 Braille... Hello. Listener. Hey. If I read that line... Hello, listeners. This is a demo. You hear that I've typed that in grade 2 Braille and that it is reading back. So if we went to save this... Save document form. Select the target folder. Available drives. Hard drive. One of three. We're presented with it asking where we want to save this file. So if I open the hard drive. Opening hard drive. TMB. I have a folder called demo on here. So if I press D. TMB folder. E. Demo folder. There's my demo folder, which I've created for demo documents just like this. So if I press OK. Enter the desired file name. Computer Braille required land. That's selected to save this in that demo folder, which we selected. And I'm not going to talk too much about folder structure here because that's a whole different battle of the note taker segment for another week. So now it's asking for the file name in computer braille. Let's type mm mm battle battle of note note takers takers demo mm battle of note takers demo and press OK. Select file type level star document format dot ldf five o five use left under. We have five different formats we can save in ldf, which is a proprietary format for level star and APH devices, where you can enter text in either grade two braille or computer braille. Microsoft Word ninety seven slash. You have Microsoft Word dot doc. This does not support dot docx. Rich text format. RTF text. And dot txt. Dot brf one o five. We also have brf, which will just save it as a braille file in contracted. 
So I wrote this file in grade 2 Braille, but even if I select it to save it as a text file, which is what it's on now, so I'll press OK. It's converted the grade 2 I entered the document in to just plain text. So you can enter documents in whatever format you want, and when you save it, if necessary, it will take care of the conversions for you. Now, within documents, you can use Control plus U for underline to turn that on and off so your text will be underlined, Control plus I for italic, and Control plus B for bold so that you can take care of those formatting options. If that's something you need in your document, you can also switch a document to read only so you can't write in it by using Control E. If I go to the menus, Word processor menu, seven file. we have the file Alt menu, one save file. which we can save, two save, file save as. as. We looked at both of those options. They work the same. Three new document. You create a new document, new untitled document. Open document. We can open. Five close document mm battle of note takers demo.txt. Alt plus F4. We can use Alt plus F4 to close this document, which will allow us to view any other open documents. Seven print document. We can CTRL. print either to a PDF document or to a network IP printer if we have one set up. And that is our option in the file menu. The open dialog, you would just left and right arrow to open and close folders like we did to save, and then you'd press select on the file you want to open. To save time, we're not going to look at every option because a lot of these open and save forms work the same, so we're going to skip over those today. I'm going to left arrow to close the file menu. Processor menu 7 file. Edit. Alt plus Here's e. edit. Five select all. We can C select all. Six set selection mark. We can set a mark, and that will show where the beginning of our selection is. Seven clear selection mark. We can clear a selection mark and get rid of it if we don't want to cut or copy anything. Find. We can do a find in the document. And replace. We can do a find and replace. Eleven check spelling from cursor. We can check spelling from the cursor. Twelve check spelling. Or we can check spelling in the entire Thirteen document. Paragraph properties. We have paragraph properties where we can select double space, align left, align right, etc. And that's all in that menu. If we had text selected, we would see cut, copy, and paste. If we would have multiple documents open in the file menu, we would have had a sixth option that would say switch open, and we could see a list of all files that were open and toggle between those. 13 paragraph prop. Word processor menu. I got out of the edit file. menu. Alt plus F. Next. A edit. Alt plus E. So when we exit a menu, we get taken to the top. So there's an edit menu, which we just exited. Nine navigation. Alt plus N. We have navigation. If there was any sort of daisy markup in this file or any elements we could navigate by, we could go in there and do that in this document because it's a text file and a very short text file that won't really do anything. Ten recent files. Here's our list of Ten recent, recent files. files, and that's all of our options. If we go into recent files. Recent files. MM battle of notators demo.txt. One of 25. There's my most recent file that was opened. Elements quiz 2912.doc. And so we're seeing all of those documents, most of them related to school, that can be opened there. If I press cancel, MM Battle of we're back demo. out of the menu into our main file and cancel one more time. Application takes menu. us back to the applications menu. I realized that this was very quick. Mine felt a little rushed. The idea of these Battle of the Note Takers is not to give you a comprehensive training tutorial, but rather a brief idea of what's possible with that application. And I hope that you have gotten an idea from these last few minutes of what the word processor on the icon in the Braille Plus will and will not do. I'm demoing the PacMate Omni QX400, and I'm going to show you a little about how to get into a file, create it, and do a little bit of editing. Create a document. I'm going to push Start. Start menu today. There are two editors in the PacMate. One is Word, which I don't use. The other is a text editor called FS Edit, and that's Freedom Scientific's editor. Arrow down. File Explorer. FS Count. FS Edit. Push Enter. Okay, and we have a blank display here. I'm going to type a sentence with a few words missing and stuff, so let's do that. This, actually I type the instead of this, is CLSE2 
and E-N-D, of J-A-N-U-R-I-E, T-O-D-A-Y-I-S, period. And so that should give us something to edit here. First of all, I'm going to look for the words today is, and I'm going to move a routing button above the T, and I'm going to push Control plus Shift, right arrow, Today selected is selected. Okay, and we've chosen these two words. I'm going to cut and do a control X and move my display to the beginning of the letter T in the and I'm going to do a control V to paste. And so now we have today is today is. It pasted it twice. So I'm going to do Control Shift and right arrow. The selected is selected. And I'm going to push the delete key. T. And we're on capital T for the. But I don't want capital T, I want a lowercase t. Push delete on T. And I'm on the letter H, so I'm just going to type a letter T. We have today is the is. And we're going to get rid of the and is. So I'm going to do what I did before Control plus. Shift and select these two words with right arrow uh, select, select and push delete. C. And we're on C of close, but I left out the O, so move a routing button over the S and type the letter O and then to end, but I didn't put the before end, so move to E and type the letter T, T H E, space bar, end of, and I misspelled January. I left out the A, so move to the R. A, and I put IE, so I'm deleting I and E with the delete key, e, and also deleting the space, so we have a period, but now wait a minute, I forgot to put a Y in, so I'm going to type Y, and there's still a space before the period, so I'm going to delete that, period. and we now have, today is close to the end of January, and let's turn on grade 2 to make sure I got all the capitalization right, there is a button that activates that, I don't think... Okay, today is close to the end of January. Let's go to the first letter and see if it's capitalized. Oh, T. It's not. So I'm going to type a capital T and the lowercase t, delete that. Oh. And I'm going to move the cursor so I can read it. Actually, I don't have to do that because it's on dot six. And we have the sentence perfect as we wanted it. So I'm going to go back to grade one. Oh. I'm going to push alt which gets us into the file menu. I push enter on that, and up arrow, exit. No, I don't want to save, so I'm going to tab, and push the routing button above the N, which is where it is. Okay, and that's it. That's how we edit and move around and do some things. Hi, main menu listeners. This is a demonstration of the voice sense QWERTY and using the word processor. This demonstration will also be applicable to any of the sense note takers, as the word processor used across the entire family of products is identical. So I have the voice sense here turned on, and I have the main applications menu in focus, and the quickest way to get to the word processor is to hit the hotkey, which is W. Top of document. Now, just like in Microsoft Word, you're in a blank document. The way Amos has chosen to take this product, as far as the user interface, is to make it very much like Windows. So, a lot of the same Windows commands, such as Control-X, Control-C, Control-A, and a lot of the 
ways that you interact with the various controls, combo boxes, list boxes, radio buttons, are exactly as you would on a Windows PC. For example, in the word processor, if I hit the Alt key, you have a menu bar, which if you're familiar with word processors on the PC, is very similar here as well. So what I'm going to do now is type a couple of sentences here in the word processor. Now, the reason I wrote those two lines out of order is so I can demonstrate how you select text. So, I'm going to hit control, um, function control left arrow, which is control home, and if we hit function enter, okay, so I'm going to go to, I'm going to move that down. Now, the way selecting text works is you have to mark where you want the selection to start, which is pretty nice, because if you want to select multiple, let's say, paragraphs, you don't have to hit Control-Shift and keep holding those keys down while selecting the line. So on the QWERTY version, you hit Control-B, as in boy. Start selection. And it says Start Selection. This is the third line. And we're going to this is line four. move this is the th- right period. at the end no of the period line. of... This is the second line. This is the this is line four. Uh, fourth line, this is and I'm going to hit Control X, standard Windows keystroke to cut the text of the clipboard. And we're going to go to the bottom here and hit Control V. And I'll go back to the top and hit Function Enter. So you can see that selecting, cutting, and copying and pasting is very, very simple. This particular note taker also has a pen to clipboard, so you can keep pen to the clipboard if you want to copy large amounts of text. This word processor also has spell checking, uh, the ability to convert and save files in different formats, like BRF and plain text and word, and it's very, very simple to use. Review how you can do some word processing with the Maestro note taker. The Maestro has been discontinued by Humanware. It was discontinued back in summer of 2010. You can still find the Maestro every once in a while on different web pages uh, around the internet for sale. Uh, and <clears throat> some places you might find it are uh, AT Guys. You might also find it on eBay and possibly some other places also. All right, so I have the Maestro turned on and I am in the main uh, system menu. And just to give you an idea of what's in the system menu, real quick. Well, battery status, charging, memory available, 68%. Bluetooth HP activated, no wireless connection, Bluetooth radio is on. System menu, press the up and down keys to open. Okay, and so that's sort of our system menu. And we now are where we can hit the down arrow and go into our main menu. System menu, calendar, 1 to 14, C, contacts, O. And we're going to go down to our word processor. Email. E, file explorer, X, media player, M, text notes, E. And text notes, there's our word processor text notes. And I'm going to press enter there. 
Closing menu. Text notes. Open file dialog. Documents list box. Land document. PSW. One to five. Okay, so when the text note application comes up, it puts you in a menu and it says, okay, what kind of document do you want to open? And you'll notice that each one of these has an extension of PSW, which basically means it's a pocket word file format, uh, which is sort of like a small version of Microsoft Word uh, made specifically for use on pocket window PCs. And basically underneath uh, the Maestro software, that's what is uh, running on this machine. Uh, on this PDA is uh, pocket windows. Okay, so we are going to choose what kind of document we want to make here. And our choices are to do, uh, if we wanted to make a to-do list. And the reason these are listed is because they have actually set up five different kinds of uh, template documents that you can use that are already somewhat uh, set up for you. And so that if you're doing a particular kind of document, all you have to do is fill in some blanks. All right, let's go down. Blank document. PSW. Blank document. That's what we're going to want because we're just going to write a small document. Meeting notes. PSW. There's meeting notes. And in there, it's going to give you some things for the date and time and subject and so forth. Memo. PSW. And there's a memo. PSW. Uh, set up for you to be able to write a memo. Phone memo. PSW. And a phone memo. If you wanted to take a note about a phone call. To do. PSW. There, we're back to to do. Blank document. PSW. And now we're back to blank document. And I'm just going to hit enter there to open that up. Text notes. Blank document. Edit. All right. And now we are in our blank document. And I'm going to go ahead here and write a few sentences. All right. Let's go ahead here. D -D. Well, I already made a mistake. We'll hit a backspace here. D -D. All right. D H I S space I S space A space L I T T L E space T E S D space D C U M N T period. All right. And I'm going to just show you that we're, I'm going to hold down the control key and hit my left arrow. Period. Document. Test. Little. A is. This. This. Is. A. Little. Test. And I'm going to right arrow without control. E S D space D space. Oh, I didn't put a P a period on my S there. Period. So we'll end the period. And I'm going to hit enter. Land. Now if I go up a line, I'll hear my first line. This is a little test. Document. Bottom of file. All right. Now look what we did here. Period. There's the word. Test. Period. Document. O-C-U-M-E-N-D, period. You see, I actually had another word after that. And so we now need to go back. Document, period. And we had actually a period after test. D, period. And we shouldn't have done that. And so I'm going to and. arrow over one so I can backspace and get to that. Period. period after test. All right. Top of file. This is a little test. Document. This is a little test. Document. All right. Bottom of file. This is a little test. Document. Bottom of file. Period. Bottom of file. All right. This is a little test document, and the word document was on the second line. I'm going to hit enter. Land. So we get a second line there. I space O E E space U space W I L L space N O space B E space T O space B O A R E D space double I T H I S period land. All right, let's see what we said here. I hope you will not be too bored with this. All right, I hope you will not be too bored with this. Land. All right. T H I S space I S space T H E space T A I R D space L I N E space O space A I S space D C U M E N T period land. And it's in. This is the third line of this document. All right. Now you know. Notice it beeps when I hit the up arrow. That's it's beeping because I'm going up from the bottom line of the document, which was a blank line, to the first line at the bottom of the document that has text on it. All right, let's do a couple more lines here. 
T H I S space W I L L space B E space T E space F I S T space L N E space W H E N space I space F I N I S H period land. This will be the first line when I finish. All right, so this will be the first line when I finish. Land. And one more line. T H I space I S space T H E space S E C O N D space L I N E period land. All right. So I'm going to go back to the top of my document, and this is the second line. I can go back any of several document. ways, including I could go this back using my home key, uh, control home, I could, uh, or my, uh, yeah, control home. All right, and so I'm back at the top of my document here, and let's see what we have. Top of file. This is a little test. Document. I hope you will not be too bored with this. This is the third line of this document. This will be the first line when I finish. This is the second line. Man. All right. This is the second line. So there is the second line, and I need to get that up to where it needs to be. Is this. I'm using the control right arrow and control left arrow to make sure I'm at the beginning of the line. And I'm going to do just like I would do with any word processor or just about any word processor. I'm going to hold the shift down and hit the down arrow. Selected. This is the second line. And I am going to do a control X. Cut selected text to clipboard. And I cut that out. Bottom of file. This will be the first line when I finish. And now you see that um, I got rid of the line that said this is the second line. Cut that out. This is the third line of this document. I hope you will not be too bored with document. This is a little test. Top of file. This is a little test. This. And I'm on the word this. And uh, on the first line, I'm going to hit enter. Blank. All right. Blank. So my first line now is blank. And I'm going to do a control V and paste, which is what you would do in just about any word processor. Paste the text from clipboard. All right. Now let's hit our up arrow. This is the second line. Blank. This is a little test. Now, I actually ended up with an extra line in there. H T. And so I'm going, I'm down now on the. Blank. This is a little test. Third line, because I have a blank line there. I'm going to hit set in the T. I'm going to hit backspace to get rid of that one line. Blank. And so now. Document. This is a little test. And I'm going to go up. This is the second line. All right. Top of file. This is the second line. Top of file. And there I am. Have the second line in place. Let's go back down to the bottom of our document. This is a little test. I hope you will not be too bored with this. This is the third line of this document. This will be the first line when I finish. Blank. This will be the first line when I finish. Will. This. Alright, and there's going to be my first line, which is now the bottom line, and I'm going to hold down my shift and hit my down arrow to highlight that. Selected. This will be the first line when I finish. And we're going to cut that with the control X. Cut selected text to clipboard. We'll go back to the top of our document. This is the second line. Top of file. This is the second line. Top of file. And let's paste that in at the top with our control V. Paste the text from clipboard. And let's see if we got it. This will be the first line when I finish. And down arrow. This is the second line. This is a little test. Document. Alright. I hope you will not be too bored with this. This is the third line of this document. And there's the third line in my document, which is right now the bottom line. And so we're going to have to insert that. Blank. This is the third line of this document. Is this. We're in the word this. We're beginning line. Shift down arrow. Select it. Highlight it. This is the third line of this document. And let's cut that. Cut selected text to clipboard. And we're going to go up. I hope you will not be too bored with this document. This is a little test. This is the second line. All right. That's the second line. This is a little test. And I want to be on the word this at the beginning of that line. This. This. And there we go. And I'm going going to paste. I'm going to do an insert, uh, control V and paste this line in. Paste the text from clipboard. And let's see what we have now. This is the third line of this, this is the second line. This will be the first line when I finish. All right, so. Top of file. Now. This will be the first line when I finish. Now I'm on the top line and this says this is the first line when I finish. This is the second line. All right. This is the third line of this document. All right. This is a little test. Document. I hope you will not be too bored with this. All right. And so there's our document. We've done some, some moving. We've been some, doing some cutting and pasting. And uh, as you can see, it works quite well. And we are are now through with this document. I can hit the escape key. Text notes, paper, message box, save changes, yes button. If I want to make changes, I save these changes, I could do that. And we won't do that, but we could do that. No button. And so I'm going to tab over to no. Text notes, 
Open file dialog. Documents list box. Land document. PSW 105. All right. We're back to our list of types of documents we can open. And I'm going to hit the escape again. System bar. Press the open down keys. Open and the system menu. I'm back out of my text note taker and back to my system menu. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week, and we'll see you soon.